Last week, we left our hero talking about, or I wanted to talk about, how that hero is actually packaging himself in memorable phrases and merch and ideas and even formats for your TikTok videos so that people go, ooh, he just said, all right, let's see it. I'm in for a nice ride or a great little episode. Bring it, Dan. One, you may not know this because we haven't talked before, but the very first article written about personal branding by Tom Peters, the great business analyst, strategist, just brilliant guy, he wrote it about people need to build personal brands that package themselves the way that packaged goods have always packaged themselves. What's the difference between Kellogg's Corn Flakes and Post's version of it? They're the same flakes, made same way, but entirely different brands to the point where people will only buy one but not the other. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they are brand loyal, because they have brand expectations and are satisfied or delighted by them. Dan McClellan, when I see one of your TikTok videos come up, I watch it. I don't scroll past it because I know I'm, I'm a Dan brand guy. I buy Dan's brand via my viewership on TikTok because I know what I'm going to get, which is something interesting, something that could be a little bit controversial, but delivered with a whole lot of sugar on top. So it doesn't come down like a cancel culture, get rid of this person thing, but more of a, huh, here's some information that might make their argument a little less spectacular, but a lot more honest. Hmm. I'm there for that because of Dan, the brand. When did you start thinking about packaging yourself the way you have with your merch, with your upcoming podcast, with even your, your classes, which are available to people. And by the way, I, I want to make sure that we pump those or let people know about those. When did you decide to do that? I think after only a few months of making these videos, I was, I was uncomfortable seeing myself on camera initially. It was just the, the nerve it took to actually press record on that first video was just something I'd never been through before. And I was, wasn't happy with, with seeing myself on screen, but... I could speak in kind of a monotone, you know, classroom a register, a voice like that pretty consistently. And that kind of became associated with, with my style of uh, engaging these folks. And so I, after a few months, I thought about doing some things that were a little more performative, a little more set pieces where I'm doing a little more acting. And it just felt so forced and so unnatural. I didn't like the way any of these videos turned out. And I decided, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I think that consistency will in the long run be better because I think people will know what to expect. And I always kind of feel a little wooden in a lot of these videos. And I, and one of the things I don't like is when I post a video on TikTok and on Instagram and some other places, it's got to pick the thumbnail. And frequently it's the very first frame of the, of the video, which usually is me with kind of a deadpan look on my face. And I, I just don't like looking at that image. But that consistency, I think, is, is something that people latched onto because they knew I wasn't going to, you know, use a lot of sensationalizing language, that I was going to treat people more or less the same, whether I, you know, whether I thought they were just a little off or way off, or even if I agreed with them. And so I think between about three or four months in and, and now, I realize that I have kind of a, a, 
a way to present these data and and my take on them in a in a way that people think comes across pretty authoritatively but also dispassionately and also respectfully even if it is somebody who's spreading misinformation that can be phenomenally harmful sometimes even prejudicial and even bigoted and you know I get a little rhetorical sometimes and I think that entertains some folks the, the phrase that, that I see every now and then that I my wife gets a kick out of is if I get kind of really stern or if I criticize somebody's rhetoric for being harmful or hateful or anything like that, they call it the spicy Dan video. And so, or sassy Dan is, is the other one. So that doesn't come out a lot. I try to, I try to keep a pretty even keel, but... I do, I'll do like a little personal video every now and then where I'll, I'll tell a story or something like that. And then they say, say new Dan lore has dropped and people get a kick out of that as well. So it was something that I think I developed as a means of, of ensuring that I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of turnover in my audience. I wanted people to be able to come back and know what they could expect. Maybe not with the issues I was addressing, but at least they knew what kind of presentation they were going to get. And it was more about trying to maintain that audience than it was about consciously developing a brand. But the feedback I got kind of showed me that was, that's what was happening. What's interesting is you clearly understand that brand is not just a logo or a catchphrase or a color palette or a set topic list or anything like that. It's all that and who you are, what you do, and how you do it. That's kind of my litany on this podcast is to say, you have to understand truly who you are, what you do, and how you do it. And then I put my bumper sticker or my merch would say, know who you are so you can be it. It's a little bit Yoda-y, but really <laughs> it's no, you have to know who you are mm -hmm. so you can be it. And that's what I see with you, Dan, whether you know it or not. And, and maybe you're uh, the, the fact that you decided, oh, the performative Dan just isn't me, or eh, I don't, I can have a sassy Dan here and there, but I don't want to go full sass because there's enough of that. We have entire channels on cable that are nothing but that type of invective, yell at people crap that is all noise with no signal. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to be that, clearly. No. And by the way, I'm the person who buys you meaning I'm the one who watches your video and I'm, I can only speak for myself. And I will say, and I love that about you, Dan. I don't think you'll be insulted by me saying you're not a matinee idol. You're no, no. Brad Pitt. No. Doesn't matter <laughs> because your brain is Brad Pitt and the, the data you, you bring to the conversation is Brad Pitt. And for people who are so sick of substanceless garbage, and here I am, I am on a good day agnostic, on a really good day atheist. I'm still interested because yeah. I want to know. Because the worst thing for me is to just discount. I want to know because convince me. Convince, if I'm wrong, convince me. And that's where I love your style and your brand. And by the way, I'm obviously not alone. I said last week you get probably average 50,000 views on a TikTok video. Is that mm -hmm. where you've kind of done the math and come out with? I haven't really done a ton of that math. Maybe I should. 
but I've always assumed I would need to get people to do it for me because I'm awful at math. But uh, yeah, somewhere around there, if, if I get fewer than 30 or 40,000 views on a video, I'm a little bummed about that. And, and it kind of ebbs and flows. There are weeks when, when the average is higher and then there are other weeks when it's lower. And there was a period for a while there, there's this urban legend about being shadow banned on TikTok where right. you've done something to upset the algorithm or it's just your turn and your views are in the tank for however long. And there are, people have talked about a bunch of different ways they've found to, to resolve that. One friend told me to delete the app from my phone, then download it again and sign back in. And after probably a month of rarely breaking 10,000 views on my videos, I did that. The next day I was, I, I think I had one that, that went to a million. So stuff like that happens from time to time and it ebbs and flows. But yeah, I think that's probably about the average. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, there's a guest on this podcast that's been on several times, Mark Schaefer, marketing expert, really great guy. He has a new book out called Belonging to the Brand, which is all about building a community, that brands mm -hmm. need to build communities. You're currently mm -hmm. building a community and maybe this community doesn't even know it exists. But I tell you, if I go walking down Madison, Wisconsin, State Street with a data is greater than dogma t-shirt on, I'm going to have people stop me. I know it because Madison, Wisconsin is filled with university people who are studying linguistics, but also Bible studies, you name it, blah, blah, blah. If I wore that t-shirt, it would be a signifier to a very small but passionate tribe that, oh, you think for yourself too, love it. And that's what's cool because that's part of your brand as well, which is you are not saying my way or the highway. You're saying data is the highway. Yeah. yeah. And I wanna show you the data. You can choose to ride on that highway if, or not. You can still, by the way, if you want to just go pure dogma with your religious spiritual experience, go ahead and do it. But you should be aware that this data exists. So please don't claim that this person's name in the Bible is actually derived from an old English <laughs> word or something like that. And, yeah, you, yeah. and you bring it, which again, delights the viewers of old school history channel like me. And I think it's, I've thought about this idea of a community for some time. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. One thing that, that I noticed is I've seen a lot of creators who are similarly trying to develop brands. And some of them have a lot more followers than I do in the millions. And uh, a lot of them will talk about the translatability of those followers too. And, you know, they're trying to sell things, sell, you know, short films that they've made, sell books that they've written, sell attendance at events and things like that. And I hear a lot that on social media, a lot of it doesn't translate very well. And that's not been my experience at all. The, the first time I created this merchandise and, and let people know immediately there were sales and not anything that's, that's going to impress anybody who actually does that kind of stuff for a living. But for somebody who never thought they'd ever sell a shirt with a, with a catchphrase of theirs on it, it, it kind of blew me away. But then with these online classes that I've been teaching, I had how many people, 1400 people sign up for wow. my first online class that I was expecting maybe a hundred if, if I was lucky. I had over a hundred people. I was on the golf course. It was the day before my birthday. I'd been mulling over whether or not to launch this idea of doing an online course. And I was sitting there waiting for somebody they stuck me with the hit who was taking forever. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make this video and say, hey, I'm doing this online course. It's on the Israelite goddess Asherah. This is when it's going to be. By the time I got off the course, I already had a couple hundred people sign up for the class. And so I was amazed that that community is actually, I think, a lot closer to what I'm talking about. And they're a lot more interested. And it's they want this to be a bigger part of their lives in the sense that the data and, and their approach to these social issues is, uh, sits a lot closer to the surface. And so I've been, I've been surprised by that. And I've been trying to think about now that this, this community is developing, I want to be able to curate it in a way that allows these people to take advantage of, of all the opportunities there are out there to get to know other creators, to get to know some of the scholars that I know about that they may not be aware of and kind of build bridges so these folks can have greater access to a lot of this stuff so it's not just the me show. And there are some complexities that have arisen at the same time. For instance, I get tagged in videos. I, I couldn't do what I do without people directing me, showing me where these problematic claims are coming from. And I have noticed that I get tagged a lot more frequently in videos by creators who are women or who are otherwise members of minoritized or oppressed groups. And the last thing I want to do is be the guy who just is dunking on minoritized and marginalized groups all day long. So I'm trying to, I'm in discussions with some friends right now about what to do about that kind of thing, because I don't want this community to turn into folks who enjoy seeing a certain type of people be corrected all the time. And so it's raised some interesting challenges for me as I, as I move forward with this brand, but it's also been just an incredible experience. And, and I said it before, but I've, I've met some incredible people and, uh, and even some people that I grew up being fans of, people who create other media, movies, TV shows, cartoons, and things like that have reached out and have struck up conversations and, and friendships with me. And so it's been, it's been phenomenal in that regard. And my daughter makes fun of me to no end. If she's around, my 14-year-old, if she's around and somebody comes up and recognizes me, I will not hear the end of it. We were at Disneyland and somebody came up to me and was like, hey, you're Dan McClellan. He left and my daughter was like, oh, dad, was that one of your fans? And it just gave me a hard time about that. But it's, these are great people. I, I enjoy when they come say hi. I enjoy hearing about what they enjoy about the channel. So it's been great. Listeners. Viewers, see what can happen when you share your voice and share your story, share your passions. The only things you, and I've said this a billion times, I'm going to say it a billion times more. The only thing you truly own is your experience, your story, and your voice. What is Dan doing? He's sharing his experience, his story, and his voice. And he's doing it in a way, like the sweat you went through about minoritized communities and stuff like that. That's the most Dan thing ever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, most people would go, oh, you know, I see a spike when I pick on white women. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on white women every five videos or every, you know, whatever. Going out of your way not to do that is absolutely true to who you are, what you do and how you do it, which is why you, my friend, say it with me, are a nonfiction brand. I don't see much fictional about you. The classes Dan was talking about, I want to share this with you. You can find this over at mclellan.org, M-A-K-L-E-L-A-N.org. Dan has a number of classes that you can register for an upcoming online class. How do we get the biblical canon, meaning 
How did they decide what books to put in the Bible, which is a collection of separate books? Did you know that? Ooh, another Dan big buzzword, univocality. We'll talk <laughs> about that in a minute. But he's also got other classes that you can go ahead and, and $25 do an hour and a half class about any of these subjects, which I guarantee you is going to be fascinating because Dan is a brand who creates quality product. Understand this about brands. It allows you to get rid of the cognitive dissonance of walking down the soda aisle and seeing 75 different colors and flavors. And I, I don't even have to look. I look for the red and the white and I grab the Coca-Cola 12 pack and I walk out. I don't even have to think about it. Why? Because I bought the brand and I am brand loyal. Consequently, Dan McClellan. TikTok video, TikTok video. Oh, here's a new Dan. Uh, I'm going to watch that. Why? Yeah because I'm buying the brand called Dan. This is how it works, people, and that's why I wanted to have Dan McClellan on here. So we're getting close to the end of this episode. I do want to make sure that we let people know exactly where they can see you, find you, engage with you. Your number one place is right on screen, www.mcclellan.org. I was no. just going to say that's my new website where I'm hosting the online classes and eventually that will be home base for me. I'm going to have a scholarship I've published hosted there. I might have a blog at some point, probably links to my podcasts and things like that. I don't know how you're going to build your community, but if there is like a bulletin board section, I fully expect that a bunch of people who are Dan followers who happen to be of a Hebrew or Jewish background, they might have their own section in there. Protestants might have agnostics and atheists over here, whatever. A community can have many different sub-communities all united mm -hmm. under the same umbrella. And because you are so open and inviting to people of any religious or no religious background, I can only guess that you're probably going to host that kind of party when you build that community. Hopefully, yeah. I think that people from all these different communities have fascinating backgrounds, experiences, stories of their own to tell. And so I love to hear from people from all these kinds of backgrounds. It's, it's kind of funny. It's not what I expected, but about half of the comments people get where people just want to tell me they appreciate what I'm doing. They either begin by saying, I'm not even religious, but, or I'm an atheist, but, or they will identify with some, you know, even though I'm this, I'm still interested in what you're doing. And, and to, I don't think of it as my content is intended for this specific religious outlook, but a lot of people feel like introducing their appreciation by qualifying it that way, which it, it's not a criticism. It's just to say, that's not how I would think people would would approach it. But I'm so happy that there are people from the whole spectrum who are interested in this. And I even have one of the reasons I think that I'm, I'm probably right in the sweet spot is I have just as many people who are part of my own religious tradition who hate me as who love me. And then just as many people who are atheists or agnostic who hate me and who love me. And so I, I think if, if I'm getting both from all sides, then I think I'm right in the sweet spot. I'm right where I need to be. Yeah, that's what journalists always say. If I'm pissing off part of both far spectrums, then I'm doing my job, which is to be <laughs> right in the middle. Again, if anybody wants to do that, kind of get a primer on Dan, the best way to do that is to check out his handle on TikTok, at M-A-K-L-E-L-A-N. 
There's a ton for you to binge on, man. 1,260 episodes. So uh, what's your tempo? Do you come out with, is it every couple days or? I try to do at least one a day. Lately, I've been doing two a day. TikTok has has not been great for monetization, but they have a new program that monetizes for videos that are over 60 seconds that that is much better than the program they've had in the past. But at the same time, I I have a bunch of friends who are content creators who have suggested that I get into YouTube shorts as well. Evidently, that's something that's expected to grow quite a bit in the future, but that requires under 60 seconds. So my goal is just to do one over 60 seconds, one under 60 seconds every day for the foreseeable future. And the key there is consistency. As someone who is not consistent at all, I can testify (laughs) to that. You will not build an audience if you're not consistent. I'm not consistent. Therefore, my audience, eh, it's not what it should be, but that's okay because I'm (laughs) doing what I can do given my own time, bandwidth, energy, et cetera. And that's the key when building any type of personal brand, do what you can do. It doesn't have to be perfect. We talked a little bit about production values and stuff before we hit the record button on this. And I'm like, Dan, you don't need to change anything. You don't need to glam up. You don't need to do anything different because everything you do just screams of Dan and authenticity. And let's face it, what's a different backdrop really gonna do for you? My polluted backdrop behind me on the live stream, if you're watching, you can tell a bunch of stuff about me that I like guitars, I like music. I've got an old Wisconsin license plate up there with my last name, kind of phonetically spelled out, Canoe 10, (laughs) you know, so that's helpful. But the whole point is do what you can do. Cause right now, if you're doing nothing, I guarantee you, you're getting nothing. But if you're doing what Dan's doing, you might have a whole new career because, by the way, Dan, who's your boss? Right now it's my three little girls, but (laughs) my official boss is myself. Yeah, I've, since January, I've been doing this full time. Good on you, man. And again, if you want to get into one of Dan's classes or something like that, check out mcclellan.org. You can see the URL on screen if you're watching the live stream or his handle at M-A-K-L-E-L-A-N on TikTok and Twitter and, 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 and. You've done the one smart thing of packaging a brand, which is rationalize your handles across all channels the same way I have, at <laughs> DP Knuton, which it helps to have a name that not a lot of people have, I will say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate, Dan, I want to thank you so much for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I hope the audience members have, through my enthusiasm, gotten a flavor and an understanding of what Dan's about. And the whole thing is, he may not be your cup of tea, doesn't matter, but he's making his own tea. And there are a whole lot of people like me who are clamoring for it because he's being 100% authentic and he's building a platform for himself across other platforms but he's already trying to bring those platforms over into his own owned land in terms of websites, classes, et cetera. Smart. I'm just saying, very smart. As always, the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by the book I wrote, Nonfiction Brand, Discover, Craft, and Communicate the Completely True, Completely You brand you already are. That's available over at the House of Bezos. Just look for Nonfiction Brand, Knutten, K-N-U-D-T-E-N, And you'll be able to find it, buy it, and let me know, and I will be delighted forever. What is the name of your merch 
let's let people know about your merch spot. It's bonfire.com slash the the store, it should be data hyphen over hyphen dogma. And then i I also have a, a link tree where you can find all of the all the links to I have a couple of different stores, one there and then one on Teespring as well. Yeah, there you go. Bonfire.com slash store slash data dash over dash dogma. And boy, I got to get me one of those data greater than dogma (laughs) hoodies. Way too cool. At any rate, Dan, thank you so much for being on. I want to let you know that you are number two of a new sub series of the nonfiction brand podcast that I'm calling Mm -hmm. the Tick Talk sessions where I have people just like Dan on so that I can really talk to interesting people about all this stuff. And hi, David Bauman, who I went to college with. He's on the live. He's watching on Facebook Live. Hi, David. By the way, David, check out Dan McClellan on TikTok at Al. That's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I am, of course, your host, D.P. Knutton, and he is... Dan McClellan. And I'll be talking at you next week. Bye-bye.